you join me, dear listener, when I'm feeling a bit sad. And yeah, let's uh, let's talk about why. So, me and my girlfriend, today is Wednesday. On Tuesday, so in less than a week, we will be saying goodbye to each other for two and a half months. And uh, it's actually our anniversary in two days' time, our one-year anniversary. And it's then her birthday in several weeks after that. And today I spent some time going and buying birthday presents which was and anniversary presents, which was actually really, really fun. Buying presents was something that I was really bad at when I was younger. And it's something I just put some attention on and said, look, I want to be, be good at buying presents. I want to get stuff that people like. I don't want to just get all this like crappy random shit that people don't want or just throw away or just going to do these like, like pity thank yous. Like I fucking hate that so much. I'm a big fan of honesty. And one thing that really makes me cringe is like getting a bad present and then doing the like pity, like, thank you so much. Like, I really appreciate this. I'm also someone who's very minimalistic. I don't like to have extraneous random shit. And so therefore, like if someone buys me extraneous random shit, I don't want it in general, but then they're buying it for my birthday. So I have to feel... I have to show them appreciation and uh, yeah, that's, that's always something that's kind of <laughs> not sit the, the best with me because I just want to be honest. I want to, like when I get a present that I really like, I'm going to really, really, really show that and demonstrate that and I think that's worth a lot and I appreciate it and I also appreciate simple presents um, but yeah, just kind of like a random one that just says I had to... I felt like I had to get you this and I didn't know what to get. It's just, yeah, that is a bit painful. But anyway, I imagine that's what life, life involves that, especially when you start having nieces and nephews and you're, you're a godparent to some and you like have to buy presents for these people regularly. Um, yeah, I'm also more of a fan of regular presents. This is something I haven't done for a while because I haven't been really earning much money for the last nine months or so. But it's something that I want to change. And it's something like, you know, if I see some a book that reminds me of someone, maybe sending it to them or a poster or, or, or something like that. I know this is a bit, well, slightly hypocritical given that I just said I don't want random shit. But I know lots of people do want random shit and do want like these little things to brighten up uh, their day and their lives. And I think that's great. I'm also not someone who like buys like little presents when I go on holiday. And I actually thought that this was a defect in me uh, until I read this book uh, by David Sedaris. It's actually, I read The Best of Me by David Sedaris. He's this sort of humorous essayist and he's written many, many books. And The Best of Me is his most recent one. And that's like a collection of his, of his best essays over the last... 20, 30 years of his writing career. And in one of them, he talks about this, how one of his sisters was just, it's just like, why would I, like, why? he's like, oh, you're not going to buy your husband something because we're on holiday in Japan? And she's like, why would I just get him this, like, random little thing? Like, it's just, 
why would I do this? It's just so, so pointless. Like, I would rather like save the money and spend it on a new fridge that we're saving up for or something like that. And David's the complete opposite. He's like, he, he also said he had to train his boyfriend to do this, but that he, uh, yeah, he would never think, he would like never think of arriving home from a trip without getting his boyfriend a, lo a little gift. Um, and yeah, I think that's just, just an example of how people are different. We show affection in different ways and that's okay. I love it when someone has got me a little gift that actually with like a meaning behind it. So I've really got into kind of the funny presents. And I think I'm okay saying this because I don't think she's going to listen to this. So for example, uh, me and my girlfriend recently, a couple of weeks ago, we stayed in a five-star hotel for a night. And it was awesome. Really, really, really great. And the next morning, she uh, had a shower. And she was like, oh my God, there's this like shower cap thing. And she'd never had a shower cap before. She was like, it's great. I could just protect my hair. And I'm like, it's like, a, it's like a shield. I'm invincible. I'm invincible from the water. And she got so excited by the shower cap. And so actually, I think she, I think she actually took it with her. But <laughs> I bought her a little shower cap. And I think that's just a nice little touching present. I know she's going to appreciate that. I know it's going to, it has some memories attached to it. And yeah, they are my, they are my, are my favorite kind of presents. Also, they can kind of be jokey. If she throws away, it doesn't matter, but it has like a meaning to it. It shows that you've put some thought into it. I actually love that. I love presents where like, it's kind of a bit shitty, but it has meaning and it's okay if you throw it away because like that's the point like you know when people say like it's the thought that counts well what about the presents where people haven't put any thought into them i think they're the ones that annoy me where it's just like oh yeah i got you a chocolate bar like great like i don't even eat chocolate like, this is why have you done this but for example one of my sisters loves uh lint from lint by lindor these like little round delicious chocolate balls and so i think that's a great present for her one thing I also really like is a kind of presence that, that are always good. So, for example, if someone just likes, someone's a big drinker, they love uh, draft beers or they love gin or different types of vodka or something, like getting one of those, getting like a fancy draft beer or a fancy gin, one that they wouldn't usually get, boom, easy, easy, easy peasy present. Another one, my dad, big reader. Uh, so he just fucking loves books and he just, he just hoovers and inhales books. So... Always an easy present for him. Uh, maybe you've got a friend who just loves fashion, is always buying different clothes and t-shirts and shit from, from vintage stores. Go buy him or her one of those. Uh, so yeah, that's my little take on presents. And yeah, I'm really happy with my, with my little eclectic mix of little things. I also really like opening lots of small presents, especially if you're traveling, if you're a nomad like I am, then like, I just live out of one 40-litre rucksack. That's it. I don't have anything else. And, um, and so I don't... I actually literally don't have space for other things. So, oh, God, just cracking my neck there. <laughs> I don't have space for other things. And therefore, I don't... Like, I literally can't, I can't bring a painting with me. It's literally useless for me. I don't have a home where I can put it or anything. And I feel like my girlfriend is similar. So I've got some nice little small things which will fit and will have some kind of sentimental value. And also that 
you know, if, if she throws them away, it's not a big deal. I didn't spend a lot of money on them, but, it's, but they, these are ones where the thought does count. And especially with like a beautiful, well-written card and they're all wrapped up nicely. I found it, it, it just makes, it makes such a big difference. Also, there's just some, some fun in unwrapping every single present. Like I remember when I was a kid, oh, even you probably even still feel it now on Christmas day. Like if someone bought you three books and just stacked them on top of each other and wrapped it in wrapping paper, cool but like it's way more exciting if they had if they wrapped each of the three books individually and you go through and you're like oh my god what's this one? Oh wow it's twilight the first book and oh wow it's twilight the second book and so on there's just so much more excitement to that and i think that's such a that's a beautiful thing i want this excitement and and joy in the present giving process that's the whole point of it well almost nine minutes now Talking about my theory of presence. There we go. Did not expect, did not expect that. But yeah, that's my that's my current current theory on presence. It's something that yeah, like I put I put I deliberately chose to get better at it. Like I deliberately decided I want to get good at giving presents and giving good presents. Um, yeah. So I I think I have got pretty good at it. Uh, you know, always room for improvement. But. Yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying it, and I'm enjoying as well presents where I have more money now. I actually I listened to this podcast the other day. It's with it's called Three Girls One Kitchen. I only listened to like half of the first episode. It's actually with Lana Rhodes, who's like the number one porn star on Pornhub. And I don't know why I listened to it, but I just thought it was it would just be a completely interesting perspective, like someone who's at the top of their game, so to speak even though she's not a porn star anymore. But I just think, I just thought it'd be a really interesting perspective. And being up front, not my kind of podcast, it's just like three girls chatting away. Difficult to relate to, but anyway, that's, that's beside the point. Uh, and they were talking about, because when the episode was filmed, Christmas was coming up, and they were talking about presents. And... I remember one of the girls said like, oh my God, like one of my ex-boyfriends was so good at buying presents. Like one year he bought me a MacBook and I still use it every day to this day. Like that was a great present. Or like, oh, they, he buys me like diamond earrings and things. And that, that really like touched a nerve in me and made me unsure. Okay, I got a bit lost there in text messaging, but I think I was saying buying these more expensive presents these more expensive presents, uh, yeah, def definitely hit a nerve with me. And I was like, whoa, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to spend on presents. That's a lot of like risk, you know, spending like 4,000 pounds on some diamond earrings that she never wears or whatever, or, or on a MacBook and, and things. And I guess this is just something that will change as, as you get money in the same way that like, if you need some quick food now, you might go to Subway, but if you need some quick healthy food when you make way more money, you might go to Whole Foods and buy a salad there, which is like $10 or whatever. So yeah, just that was an interesting perspective just to see like the world of rich people or richer people and how they uh, use their pre and what presents they buy for each other. Because <laughs> I wouldn't even buy a MacBook like buying a MacBook for myself is a big investment, let alone for someone else. So, yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's probably all I have to say on presents. I really want to do a shitty segue now into 
kids in meditation and be like, okay, that's all I have on presents. Now let's move on to presents. <laughs> oh God. Okay, but I won't. I won't. I won't make that shitty transition. We're not. We're not talking about presents. Um, I'm gonna talk about today. So today's Wednesday. Oh my God. It's actually been such a wonderful day. I know I started this episode by saying I was sad, but God, such a great day. Such such, such an awesome day. I woke up at like nine. Had a lot, really long sleep. Been sleeping so much recently. Definitely like. I went to bed at 11, so like 10 hours, which is a really long time. Um, but I feel like my body probably needs it. And yes, got up, had my salt and lime water, uh, supposedly good for hydration. It's a really nice way to boom, wake you up uh, when you have that. And for those who are interested, it's half, half a teaspoon of salt and then half a lime I squeeze in and have about 750 mils of water. Really, I just keep drinking until like my belly is full of water and then I'm like, okay, cool. I probably have enough water now because obviously you don't want to drink loads of salt water <laughs> with lime juice and then not have enough water in your system. I mean, that's going to be really painful for your kidneys to process. And then I thought uh, I wanted today to be like super relaxing and just to live in the flow the whole day and I, I, my mind was telling me oh you should read but then I asked myself what what should I do right now and it said meditate a boom like uh, I uh, one thing I find on my days off is that if I'm doing an hour meditation then as the day gets later and later I want to meditate less and less but I've always found that if I just get it out of the way in the morning then the rest of the day usually flows super easily and I never feel like oh I don't have enough time whereas if I started reading and read for an, an hour or two and then cooked and then maybe had a shower and whatnot and then it's getting later and later and there's just all these other things and I'm like oh god now oh I feel like I want to leave the house now but oh god I have to sit down for an hour and meditate and now it's like 3 p.m and blah blah blah, blah, blah. Uh, but if you just meditate straight away you get it out of the way and then everything else just flows super smoothly and super easily. So I had a great mix of lovely breakfast, reading, uh, reading more of my book, Reality Transurfing. Because I read a lot of books at once, um, I found that one or two can be like the, the core books that I read during the week that are the easy ones to dip into. But I on Wednesdays make a point of, of reading the other books that aren't getting as much traction at the moment because I want to make sure, or at least I want to try to, you know, move these books along. I don't want to have a book there sat at like 50% for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Some people are into the idea that, you know, it doesn't matter if you don't finish books, whatever. I'm super, super on the hype of I want to finish everything that I read and I view it as a microcosm of everything I do. So I want to build up this habit of completing things and therefore I finish every book that I read. This is also something I got from Bill Gates. Uh, he says that, you know, when he starts a book, he always finishes it. And I think he's a great guy to get advice from. 
Uh, he seems to be doing pretty well and having a pretty awesome impact on the world. So more than happy to follow his advice, even if sometimes I'm going to books and I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, yeah, this isn't that great. But there have been so, so, so many times where I have plowed through with a book and got loads of positive things from it. That being said, I wanted today not to force myself to do anything. So like at every moment, if I just felt like, um, for example, after I meditated, I was like, should I read now? Everybody said no. And then I went into the kitchen and my girlfriend was just about to leave. And then boom, we have a really, really intimate connection and we have amazing sex. And then afterwards, she's like, I need to leave now. Great, cool. And then I just lay in bed. I just lay in bed, staring out the window, watching the trees rustle, watching the birds fly by, looking at the mountains outside of my window. And it was beautiful. And I, I love, and this was definitely because of the meditation and just this feeling of I'm complete. I don't need to do anything. I just want to be now. Like looking at the wind, looking outside the window, looking at everything else within the room and just, or just relaxing and just lying there. And I think this is something that people don't do very often. Uh, I know it's something I don't do very often. So I imagine other people, you know, who are more like if you're constantly checking your phone all the time or constantly feel like you have to do something, you, you, you may not have done this for years or decades even. And it was wonderful. And then at the end of that moment, I was just like, okay, I'm done now. What next? And that is really just how, just how I, I live the day. And it's just been, it's been wonderful. I had a great breakfast. I sat down and did some reading. I washed my clothes and hung everything up and everything was just in this calm, taking steps forward, lovely day. I leave and I find wonderful presents for my girlfriend in the shops that I enter. And I just listen to my body saying, oh, should, should I go this way? Should I go to this pharmacy shop? And it said, yes. So boom, I do. I go down the road, go into the pharmacy and find two really, really great things. Things that I wouldn't have thought of actually, again, so she's probably not gonna listen. We were talking the other day about massages and she said, uh, I said, well, we have coconut oil. Actually, it was about lube. I said, we have coconut oil or we have like sex lube. And she was like, well, that like dries the skin out. So I'm not 100% sure if we should use this. And she said the best would be almond oil. And I thought, okay, yeah, cool, but where are we gonna get almond oil? And then as soon as I walked into the pharmacy, boom, there it was. The almond oil stood there right in front of me, a nice small bottle, and I thought that is the, a perfect little gift. She definitely won't have thought of this. She won't be expecting this, but this is a wonderful little showing that I was listening to her and showing, and I think it will be valuable because we talked about this would be a, this would be a good thing to have. And it was all going beautifully. But then I started reading this new book called Milk and Honey. I don't know what the author, who the author is, but it's, it's a book of poetry really, but the poetry, like it doesn't rhyme. And there are some like hand drawings in there, but and just kind of these very short poems. And it's, it's about, the first part is about a woman and her background and how she was, I actually think it's autobiographical, the novel, the, the, the book and how she, as a child, you know, her father didn't love her and her father always told her mom to be quiet when they were at the table and, you know, was shouting at uh, the child and, you know, saying that, like, 
there's just so, so many amazing, powerful moments in it. For example, she said, or wrote, uh, something along the lines of, if you, like, Father, when you're shouting at me as a child and you're saying you're being strict and shouting at me because you love me, then that means that's I'm replacing like anger with kindness in my mind. So I view this anger and hostility towards me as love. And so I'm going to seek out men in future who do that to me. So it's really, really, really damaging. And that, that just hit hard. And the second part of the book is about love and coming together. The third part is about the breakup. And then the fourth part is about uh, healing. And it seemed like a very apt book at the moment. And it started twinging uh, and pulling at me because I think that's, these are the phases that we're about to go through, uh, my girlfriend and I, uh, in a few days' time, in less than a week. And yeah, it's just written, it's written so honestly and so powerfully. And this is something that's been on my mind recently as well. I've been listening to Bo Burnham's new album. So he's a comedian and he's great. Some of his stuff is just really random and silly. Uh, but he, so he does kind of little sketches in his show. And then he also does songs. He doesn't really do normal stand-up comedy where he's telling a story or anything. He, like, for example, he, he wrote a little story called Andy the Frog, which is like this parable. Um, he also wrote some haikus, but they're all, they're all jokey haikus. The one I can remember right now is, oh, wait. Uh, no, I can't, I can't fully remember it. And I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to give it an injustice, but he, yeah, he's released a new album called Inside, which he recorded over the course of a year in isolation during COVID. And he also released a Netflix special along with it. And the Netflix special includes like all the music videos and he recorded everything himself. He wrote all the songs himself. He produced everything himself, like such a massive, massive undertaking. And the songs are really cool. And one thing that's really been hitting me is how much power there is in such a few words. Like I'm using, I've been speaking for over 20 minutes right now. And I feel like I'm very verbose in everything I'm saying. You know, I can't, I, I, <laughs> I, why use one word when I could use a hundred and I could just keep speaking and speaking and adding it more and more and more. And he, and in Milk and Honey, the book I'm reading today, re are really showing me and putting on my mind how much power there is in such a few words. And I think that's really cool. I'm also, I've also started listening to one, uh, uh, one of the great courses on Audible. It's something along the lines of how to read and understand Shakespeare. And surprise, surprise, Shakespeare also a powerful uh, user of words and yeah this is just a cool thing to have on my mind especially actually as I'm going to start writing again uh, over the next few weeks for different clients and yeah I, do, I don't really have anything to say other than that I've noticed it and it's on my mind and I think it's going to lead to clearer communication understanding the power of words and there's just something amazing about it, about being so blown away and having all these parts of you, like these feelings kind of stirred up in just such, such a few 
number of words. It's really, 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 really incredible. And something I'm keen to explore more. This is one thing, I feel like I've said that a lot, like this is one thing. Another thing I've been uh, thinking about this year is broadening my reading experience. So this book, Milk and Honey, is the first book of poetry that I'm going to read. I haven't read a book of poetry perhaps ever. And yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited to just expand my reading repertoire. I've read so many non-fiction books and self-development books over the last few years. And I'm interested to see whether adding in these, you know, fiction books or poetry or, or, yeah, actually, I guess, <laughs> or, I don't know, things that aren't non-fiction or non-fiction that has a story to it, maybe like Sapiens. Uh, that's a great example. And, yeah, just, just seeing, am I, am I going to learn stuff from this? Is this just entertainment or will there be lessons in here? I mean, people like Dostoevsky, Charles Dickens, Shakespeare, these people have, a, these writers have been around for decades, if not centuries, and they, there's a reason for this. Like, fiction isn't just a random story told. Like, I feel like the purpose of fiction is to also impart lessons and to learn from it. I think, though, it can be harder to do with fiction. And this is the mini experiment I'm running, I suppose, is am I actually going to learn as much from this or is it just going to be, like, infotainment? Am I just going to enjoy it? But will I actually take anything away from it? And, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think that with the great authors, I should be able to take away lessons from this. And that's the point. Um, like I re was reading uh, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson and the sequel Beyond Order. And in it, he uh, talks about this and says, you know, how, like the Bible, for example, he analyzes the stories of the Bible. And the reason that the Bible, the Bible is all in stories is because, well, these are easier for us to remember, easier to pass down. And stories are so powerful because they can teach us things. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm putting some attention on this and seeing what am I going to learn from these stories? What am I going to gain? Am I going to become a better person? Uh, is there going to be, are there going to be any active things I do differently. For example, I'm reading a book at the moment called Not Nice, and it's all about how, you know, being a nice guy and being too nice and a pushover, you know, that can lead to negative things in your life. And I want to learn how to assert my boundaries more and get what I want and finding these kind of problem areas and, and learn to speak up and be a confident person like who could be a leader and get things done in the world. And it's very obvious when reading something like that, like, oh, I need to do this and I need to do this. But if you're reading Oliver Twist, it might be a bit harder to find the, uh, the lessons in there. Though that being said, like, I think all the fiction books make a point, but Oliver Twist, I know 100% because I studied it when I was a teenager in school. The first part of the book, when Oliver is in the workhouse, Really, Dickens was critiquing the, this institution, the workhouse, where the, all the poor people would just go and work and they'd be fed really shit food and have to sleep together and treated like really just slaves. And he was really critiquing that institution, which is cool, but there's not, I don't feel like there's much personal stuff I'm going to get from that. But that's part of it. That's part of the fun. Am I going to 
like knowing about this is going to make me more open to issues of modern slavery, for example, and understand that and want to want to do more myself to stop these things. It's going to make me a more rounded person. At least that's the hypothesis at the moment. And we will wait and see what happens. Okay, cool. I think that's a good place to stop. I definitely feel better now. And yeah, reading's amazing. It's so, so, so amazing. Sometimes I sit down and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. But all, when I do, I'm, I'm so, so, so often pleasantly surprised and just amazed by what I'm reading. And I'm excited for this journey into different kinds of literature and different kinds of books and to see how it changes me as a person and what books have the best impact and where I should be reading and, and all this stuff. I'm just on a big, big, big reading hype at the moment, as I'm sure you can tell. And I would really encourage you to do something similar. Scribed is this like audio book and I think you can get, you can get eBooks on it as well. App, very similar to Audible, S-C-R-I-B-D. You pay like $8 a month and you can get access to all these different audiobooks. Like whenever I hear of a book that I like the sound of, I search for it in Scribd, it's likely there. Some of the, the, the top, top most popular books uh, sometimes aren't there, but most of them are. And then you can just save it and you can listen to as many books as you want for free every single month. It's amazing. You just dip in and out of them. I know this sounds like a sponsorship, but I don't have sponsorship. I just love Scribd and... Yeah, I think you should check it out, especially if you want to increase your reading easily. Stop listening to as much music. Stop listening to as many podcasts. Just listen to books on Scribd, and boom, you'll increase your reading really easily. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. See you in the next one.